What's up, everybody? This is Justin Flitter coming to you live from Northern Virginia with the Justin Flitter Podcast by My Mitchell Medicine. In this week's episode, I bring you the podcast version of our recent Ask the Expert interview with Mina Larson, CEO of NCCAOM, the National Certification Commission on Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, which is located in Washington, D.C. It is also often referred to as the Board of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine. So for the general public, especially for those of you who receive acupuncture treatments regularly, you need to be familiar with this organization to ensure that you are receiving treatment from a highly qualified practitioner. And for me, this was a fantastic opportunity because as a licensed and board certified acupuncturist myself, I got an up close look at what the organization is doing uh, to ensure our medical profession is not only practiced safely and effectively, but also to see what projects they are currently working on to keep our profession growing uh, in a modern and more integrative way. So I would like to thank both Mina Larson and her colleagues at the NCCOM for allowing this interview to take place. And I want all of you to stay tuned for part two, where Mina and I will discuss what the NCCOM is working on to help acupuncture schools and their students succeed. To learn more about the organization, you can visit their website at nccaom.org. And to watch the full interview on YouTube, just search for our Ask the Expert show on the My Metro Medicine YouTube channel. Or you can just follow the link in this episode description. So we would love to also know what you thought of this podcast version and the full interview on YouTube. So leave us a comment. Uh, wherever you're listening from or wherever you're watching and let us know what you thought and we hope that overall that you enjoyed this interview with Mina and be sure to check out our other audio versions of our Ask the Expert interviews right here on the Justin Flinter podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day. Welcome to the Ask the Expert show by My Metro Medicine. I am your host, Justin Flinner, and I am here today at the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, otherwise referred to as the NCCAOM. And I am here to have a nice chat with the new CEO, Mina Larson. So thank you so much for being here, Mina. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much, Justin. And of course, it's my pleasure. So I wanted to give you the opportunity in this new format for you to provide a welcome message to all of the viewers on social media and whoever else will be viewing this in the future. So would you like to say a few words as the new CEO? Absolutely. Thank you. I'm very excited to be serving as the Chief Executive Officer for the NCCOM. Um, I have served NCCOM for 16 years and I'm looking forward to um, increasing my capacity by providing additional services and products for our diplomates, our students, our regulatory body agencies, our faculty members, and many of our other constituents that we serve every day. I'm very excited to be reporting to you back here from Washington, D.C., our headquarters, and where we originally started many, many years ago. And I welcome your feedback and we're partnering with all of you to make improvements and better all of our services. Thank you. Of course. So I'm going to ask you some questions, a little bit about NCCAOM, and of course about you. So that's where I go next, which is 
why don't we go before NCCO, or at least your role here as CEO. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about your background and where you've come from and how you got here? Absolutely. My background started in um, regulatory affairs and, and politics. Um, I, um, as a journalist in training, writing is my love, and um, I decided that rather than write the news, I want to make the news. So I started working for members of the legislature as well as um, Governor Wilson in California. I really learned the ropes of legislative and regulatory activities while I was there. And I also worked in the press office. So that really built wow. the foundation of communications, public relations, um, law, regulatory affairs, and gave me a solid background to be able to serve NCCOM. So uh, upon my move from California to Washington, D.C., um, I wanted to shift gears and, and, and move, my safe, move myself away from politics and move towards serving uh, a nonprofit association. Mm -hmm. And uh, acupuncture and oral medicine was a true love of mine. Um, I had suffered a health crisis, um, and I um, um, sought acupuncture. I actually went onto the NCSIM website and found an NCSIM board-certified acupuncturist here in the D.C. area. And she really helped me with my medical crisis, and, and it opened my eyes to how integrated medicine, especially acupuncture, can help, and how little information was out there um, to the to the um, to um, patients about acupuncture back in you know the early 2000s when I was um, seeking um, information. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the ad in Washington Post for acupuncture, um, you know, for a position related to director of communications for NCCM, I applied. So um, 16 years later, um, I'm still here. Um, I worked um, in one of my um, benefits of, of, of serving with NCCM for all these years is I've really learned every aspect of the organization in terms of regulatory affairs. I've partnered with many state associations and regulatory bodies to ensure that the standards for NCCM as well as the scope are kept to, um, to, to a, 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 a level that ensures competency. Mm -hmm. I've uh, provided lots of resources to schools and other uh, stakeholders regarding NCCM. We've made significant improvements um, under the leadership of Dr. Ward Cook in terms of um, building our examination structure as well. So um, I'm really proud to have um, um, used my time here at the NCCM to really understand not just what it means to work for a credentialing body, but to really understand and know the profession as well. Yeah, the organization's been around for quite a while now, yes. and it's grown so much. Yes, so it has. Can you tell us a little bit about, now that you're in the role of CEO, mm -hmm. where NCCOM has come from and yes. where it's now going to? Absolutely. NCCM was founded in 1982 um, by a group of dedicated practitioners. Um, in fact, it was founded around the same time as um, IIIOM, the membership organization, Council of Colleges, mm -hmm. the organization that represents the schools, as well as ACOM. We all came together at the same time. And at the time, NCCOM was tasked with ensuring competencies for entry-level standards. That has continued. But there's been significant improvements made in our examination process um, in terms of ensuring that we move from a comprehensive examination structure to a modular examination structure that better really tests the different domain areas for each individual practitioner to ensure that safety and other important areas have been met. That was a major, yes, that was a major, um, uh, uh, progress for us in 2004 when we moved from comprehensive to uh, modular and then the oriental medicine certification was introduced in 2004 as well to give um, um, you know uh, acupuncturists the, the choice to to be certified in oriental medicine which is an all-encompassing certification versus individual certification however we did not eliminate the, the individual acupuncture herbology certifications for those who wanted to keep it that way 
But one of the most significant achievements that I've seen with the NCCOM is in terms of the services we've been able to provide for our diplomates. And one of them is media relations and marketing. When I first entered into the scene, I realized a lot of the, um, the focus um, on acupuncture stories had medical um, acupuncturists or physicians or even chiropractors involved. We've changed all that. We went ahead and hired a public relations company okay. to really represent um, NCCM certified acupuncturists and licensed acupuncturists to ensure that the media is covering us. We're the ones that have the best trained education and hours than anyone else out there practicing in other and That really helps because yes. a lot of the acupuncturists are not really sure as to how to get the word out for themselves. Exactly. And given that they have now gone through the process of achieving the certification and become board certified. Absolutely. Which is ultimately worth they're yes. hoping to achieve, then yes. you provide that for them. So. Absolutely. Um, NCCM National Board Certified Acupuncturist is a term we, we just registered with the U.S. Patent and Trade Office. This is, um, this is a way for acupuncturists that are certified through us to really be proud of their designation and to use that. I've, I've often noticed that a lot of our diplomates do not use that. Mm -hmm. They use their LAC or others, but they don't use NCCM. It's very important that they do because you want to let the public know about um, what the certification means to others, other healthcare practitioners. Certification is very important in the, in the Western medicine world, and it's just as important in, 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 um, in what we do in terms of um, East Asian medicine. Yeah, yes. many people, it's yes. just a few letters after the name, yes. but obviously we're, you are trying to change that yes. as an organization to try to make sure the public understands and that the professionals also understand that this means something more than just we've achieved this and we put a few hours in to get there. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So I want to ask uh, from uh, for about NCCOM, why, why the move from Jacksonville to Washington, D.C.? It's a great city. I mean, Absolutely. I live here now, yes. you're here now, of course, so yes. why the move from there? I know a lot of people are curious. Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, I've always been from the Washington, D.C. area um, for the past 20 years, um, um, and, and when I first started, our office was in Old Town, uh, Alexandria. Ah. And that when we first actually incorporated, we were in D.C., we were still incorporated in D.C. Okay. We made the move to Jacksonville um, back in 2007 um, for economic reasons. Um, we had an opportunity to buy a building. But after the 10 years have gone by and I continue to stay in D.C. and work, you know, as in a telecommuting arrangement, um, we realized the importance of coming back to our roots in Washington, D.C. And that has to do with really streamlining our process. Um, taking our process and making it um, online, allowing some of our employees um, to work virtually, and then really bringing the, the, the talented association management pool that is in D.C. And, and, and recruiting from there to really make improvements in customer service. And, this, and the third important part is advocacy. And, and again, us being the nation's capital and working with um, advocate experts and government relations staff, which we have been doing, right. it's really made a difference in ensuring that um, regulators understand and know about certification and also about our profession. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, moving to D.C., I, I mean, a lot of people, number one, they may not even known that yes. the original location was in this area yes, and then is. to Jacksonville. So many yes. people think, well, why from Jacksonville? And I would assume the move to Jacksonville was more weather-related, you know, it's well, not as close to the beach. Right, right. Well, also, <laughs> I think we, we wanted to have an opportunity to ha uh, own our own building and ha have our own right. headquarters. We really have taken... Um, from, from a budgetary standpoint, we've taken th those funds in terms of having a, you know, a bigger office to having a smaller presence, but really making improvements in staff and, and, and giving some of that back to our diplomates and teacher services. And it sounds right. as though, I mean, even though there's a reduction in like 
the physical side yes. of the building is obviously, but you're moving yes. here, you're having a more powerful presence here in the location, the connection, ah. where it can make more of a difference. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So my next question is that many people view the NCCAOM as just like a testing recertification yes. organization, because that's one of the hoops, so to speak, that they yes. must jump through in order to achieve that and yes. then to receive, receive licensure. Right. So could you define the role of NCCOM and tell the viewers what NCCOM is doing to protect the licensure of acupuncture as well as oriental medicine professionals? Um, NCCOM, our, our mission, first of all, is public safety and ensuring that we're meeting um, uh, those standards through our, uh, our competency, through our entry-level exams, as well as continued competency through our recertification process. But we're not just a testing organization, we're a lot more than that. We have a unique partnership with all of the states that require NCCOM uh, certification or exams. Right now we have 46 states plus the district right here that require either our exams or full certification. And many of them do actually require maintenance of certification. So we have that partnership and we constantly make sure that we provide and become a resource to those states so that they can rely on us. Um, not just a financial burden, but also the, 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 the ensuring that these practitioners um, have met the competencies for safe practice. But as you, as you mentioned, Justin, we also do a lot more than that. With the, with the fees that, are, um, that we collect from examination and recertification and, and applications, we use all of that towards ensuring that we have the right staff and products and services for our diplomates. Um, some of the work that we're doing in advocacy and bringing mm -hmm. on experts in government relations is, is that kind of work that we're doing. Um, uh, and many people ask, well, why is a certification organization doing that? How come, you know, it should be a professional association? Well, we are doing that to make sure that our NCCM diplomates are recognized and that we see the threat of physical therapists and nurses and others that are much, much more um, uh, have, have much lower educational standard and assessment, we need to ensure that every single one of our NCCM diplomates are set up for, for success. We also want to make sure that we're providing jobs for our diplomates because this is what we're listening to them and we want to help them when they're finishing school and they're struggling through and all that there are. How we want to help. the NCCM doing yes. that for the professionals? Um, the, how, in terms how, of like the yes. providing opportunities right. for jobs? What, yes. what, what steps are you taking? Number one is by working with the federal government to make sure that um, acupuncturists, licensed and NCCM certified acupuncturists are being required mm -hmm. and included. That's opening jobs, like what the work that we did with the VA right. and the work that we're going to continue to do with other agencies. Um, also working with um, you know, third-party payers, a lot of insurance companies come to us now. We're getting a, a, a large increase of calls from insurance companies that are now requiring NCCOM. Before, there was either medical acupuncturists that were being required right. or there were no criteria. This is very important because the federal government, insurance companies, hospitals and healthcare systems rely on national standards. They're not going to go from state to state to state with all the different scopes of practice and, and licensing requirements to, to set up requirements. They rely on us. That's what happens in other health. You're trying to yes. build a bridge between obviously the, the from the national standpoint as yes. well as the state level to yes. ensure that each state hopefully eventually yes. will require that kind of certification yes. as well as at a national level we can yes. understand that yes. the reason as to why. So Absolutely. can you talk a little bit about some of the new initiatives? So you mentioned the VA, yes. that's the good starting point, yes. but I know Medicare is another one that yes. we're looking into now. Yes, we submitted, um, our advocacy team has submitted comments for um, CMS. Um, CMS has been tasked with conducting a study for lower back pain um, for seniors. And um, this is the first study of its kind for the field of acupuncture. 
we want to make sure that um, acupuncture, as performed by licensed and certified acupuncturists, are being recognized. The providers are our people, and not MDs and others that are um, doing acupuncture. Um, so that, so we're involved in that, as well as we really want to emphasize that, it, um, like the Department of Defense and the military, which is now centralizing its healthcare into one, that we are also making sure that acupuncturists have an avenue to be hired within the military, as well as our status is increased in the military. That happened in the VA, we're very proud of the work that was done, not just by NCCF, but many, many uh, pioneers in the field that have helped with that. But we need to have that happen also in the, with the military as well. It's very, very so important. So in the VA, where would one enter? Like, uh, so, what's the level? So, yes. So right now within the VA, if you're hired as, a, as an acupuncturist, you enter at a GS9 or 12 status, depending on your education, your background, where you're coming from. And that's a big achievement from GSA. So that we're very proud of that. And again, that was a collaborative effort on several associations as well as NCCO that helped with that. Yeah, and that's a big one. And then Medicare yes. is a new one, right? Medicare is a new one. It's going to take a while. Medicare isn't an instant um, um, uh, outcome. It's going to take several years for us to be able to provide information. Um, and when I mean us, I mean the industry, profession. There's a lot of um, great work that's being done by some of the state associations and, and as well as the ASA and others involved in that. Providing that information and collaborating together. Collaboration is a very important concept in our Absolutely. profession, and we must collaborate. There's no time for, for um, fractions right now. Uh, as we're really, as the medicine is increasing every single day, consumer use is increasing, the profession must be working together to continue it, uh, its, its exactly. increase. We're so not a modality, we're a profession. Right. Mm -hmm. and the collaboration effort is like the integrativeness of practitioners yes. working together with other practitioners. Absolutely. So it's, it's essential for where yes. medicine is going. Absolutely. And I, obviously you're trying to follow those strings, yes. each one with physical therapists, yes. chiropractors, etc. Yes. So yes. Uh, are there any events that are coming up where people could come and learn a little bit more about what the NCUM is doing? Yes. Uh, any of the new initiatives? Can you tell us about absolutely, them? Absolutely. Absolutely. First well, of all, um, um, this weekend we're doing an event in PECOM, New York, and um, also PECOM Chicago uh, following Monday um, on the fourth, uh, September 14th and then also on the 16th where, um, where we're going to be giving information. I will be at the New York event to provide information to our many wonderful students and faculty members of PECOM and alumni and I'm going to be continuing to do that with schools. Um, I'm working on um, making some, um, being available at some of the California schools. We've already done some information with Florida schools but my initiative as a, a new incoming CEO is to attend school events uh, and have as many faculty, students, as well as um, alumni there to be able to answer questions and just to listen, to hear what our, at our, um, what our stakeholders want. We also just did a survey. I'm very excited to have said that we sent out our diplomate satisfaction survey. We really want to hear from our diplomates about what, what's working, what's not working, what kind of services they would want from us, and mm -hmm. under our structure, what we can do to best meet their needs, under what we are or under our ability, so and I'm very excited. Must about admit, that. I did receive that survey, but Wonderful. I have yet to complete it. So well, I'm looking forward to having you complete it. You will it. have my my results. Thank my you. My responses soon. So Thank for you. those of you who out there are licensed acupuncturists, make sure you check your email uh, to make sure that you actually find that survey and complete it. So let's uh, finish with uh, at least this section of the interview and let's see we have some upcoming events yes. we have some new initiatives yes and I think that now we could probably move into some questions for some acupuncturists what the NCCUM can do for sure. acupuncturists Absolutely.
So the next section of questioning I want to go into is mm -hmm. about NCCOM and what the organization does for acupuncturists. So let me ask that first. What does sure. the NCCOM actually do for acupuncturists? Thank you for asking that. Um, this is a question that many of our diplomates are unfamiliar with, which is why I wanted to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about what we do. First of all, if you're an NCCM diplomate, you, you must make sure that you're in our directory. We have a directory of find a practitioner, and this is where we promote you as a diplomate. So we have information about you know, your, your practice, you know, your website, you can put your photo up there, and we're going to actually be doing more to enhance this to better showcase our practitioners to everyone out there. And we get calls all the time for, from um, people who want someone in a particular area and we refer. Mm. That's number one. Number two is that we have an events calendar where we provide information about um, all of the different events that, that are happening that NCCM is involved with or just information that would be of use to um, our diplomates. And again, we have an NCCM booth and we travel all over and we might be coming to a, a location near you. So we want to make sure that you check out that event calendar. We also have an excellent PDA um, directory. We don't often talk about this, but, but we, if you are in the process of recertifying and you want to find out what's the latest, greatest course that's out there, all of our PDA approved providers, which they go through a, um, a very um, nicely set uh, group of standards, they're all featured on this uh, directory. So that if you want to find an online course or a course about ethics, it's all contained in there. And then also, we are really out there, as, as I mentioned, in terms of advocacy to promote you and to make sure that you, that when someone is seeking an acupuncturist, um, that they come to us and they, and they hire, you know, NCSIM certified licensed acupuncturist for someone who is, does not have those trainings. We're really putting a lot of effort into making sure that the education is out there in terms of public education to let everyone know, the media, you know, um, other healthcare practitioners, others, about what it means to be NCCM certified, the education and the standards as compared to others that have much, much abbreviated training. So that's what we do. From a legislative standpoint, we're also very involved in making sure that we're there with testimony, letters, when we have situations such as the dry needling situation with physical therapists, we're there to provide information and become a resource to our diplomates as well as state associations. That's obviously the advocacy right. part. There. Right, and we have an excellent federal um, um, toolkit that's available on our advocacy section. This toolkit has information whether you want to be doing some grassroots lobbying within your local legislative body or you need information about your certification or you're having a meeting with someone that you want to um, you know, showcase certification. This toolkit right is available on our advocacy website. That's nice. And we actually have a feature where you can go in and through a legislative tracking system find your local um, representatives as well. That's really good. Yes. I know that the, the the being able to put in your own information yes. and finding that on NCCOM, I remember going yes. to that for the first time years ago. And yes. How beneficial that was, at yes. least for me. And yes. I knew that people would eventually, uh, if they weren't already, go to that website to yes. try to see where can I find a certified right. or certified, whatever yes. word they were using, to to find me. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to, I know you also help them with building websites. There's that option yes. on there as well. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Many people, um, many of our diplomates um, um, uh, don't realize that, but we have a company that you can actually build a free website. And then if you want to build, build more, um, you know, bell, bells, um, bells and whistles on it, you can, you know, there's some uh, enhanced features that you can add on. And again, these are all the services that NCSIM is providing to really um, empower their diplomates. And we're looking for you um, 
to yeah. be able to provide us feedback. If there's something that you don't see, you want to see offered, we want to hear from you. Yeah, and that, yes. I mean, that's a great thing to offer, and there are so many more companies out there that are also helping with websites. But yes. NCM obviously really targets it, yes. helps you build it. You already Absolutely. have the information in the system. Yes. And then offering CEU. So yes. it's like one, it's like a hub. It's like a one-stop shop. Everything yes. that the acupuncturists are needing, at least to get started. And once they, their businesses bloom, then they yes. can take it off in any direction. Absolutely. So. And I want to emphasize the importance of the media. We often forget how important it is to work with the media and to build um, with them that we are the experts in the industry. We also have a media toolkit that's downloadable mm -hmm. from our website that you can use if you wanted to do a press release or you wanted to find information about certification for the media as well. So a press release for the individual, for the clinic, yes. or? Like for example, if you just became recently certified. Okay. Or let's say you want to write a press release about an event. We're very involved in AOM Day coming up October 24th. Don't forget, we have aomday.org website. We want That's you right. to go on that website. If you have an event, we want to hear about it. This is where we promote you. We actually do a nationwide press release to all of the media entities in the whole country about AOM Day. And this is where the spotlight comes back on you to focus on your event. And we have testimonials, information about how wonderful acupuncture is in terms of work studies and research all on the amday.org website. I've seen a lot yes. coming out in the last couple of years. Yes. A lot of schools putting it out, a lot yes. of acupuncturists, yes. their own clinics. Yes. Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine Day, it's a big day. It's very big, and, so. and it depends. It's really a collaborative um, grassroots effort. So we, it really, right. schools, um, students, uh, practitioners, all need to get together to promote that day. Yes. So let's move on. Let's ask, uh, how is becoming a diplomat actually beneficial for the practitioner in the profession? You've talked a lot yes. about it, and yes. it helps them get to the point of, I know we said earlier on in yes. the interview, it's not just letters after the name, but yes. give me some examples as to what might that actually do for the professional, just coming out of school. Absolutely. Well, first of all, we want to distinguish ourselves amongst the, the many practitioners that are getting in on the field of practicing acupuncture and modality. Right. This is important. This is where we come in as, as NCCM National Board Certified Acupuncturists. We, we, we want you to wear that proudly. We want you to be able to designate that when you're meeting with healthcare practitioners. If you're working for a hospital, for example, right. many hospitals require NCCM certification because they understand those standards are necessary. Mm -hmm. So that right there lets you know that you know hospitals cruise ships right now. I talked to the gentleman that actually um, is in charge of hiring licensed acupuncturists, and he NCCM is a requirement there because the NCCM standard is is, is something that employers can rely on, insurance companies can rely on, hospitals can rely on because of the process of ensuring entry-level competence. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about maintenance of certification too because sure. that's very important in terms of making sure that you keep up with your certification. Oftentimes people forget to do that and then they come back and they realize they need it and we don't want that to happen. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. What yes. is, how do you actually monitor the individuals once they get their certification and become yes. the diplomat? And then are they just off into the wilderness, or what happens? No, no, it's, it's very important that we work with our um, um, NCCM National Board uh, certified acupuncturists to ensure their NCCM um, certification maintenance through our recertification process. I know that um, licensure is a separate process, and many states do require relicensure, but there's not a, 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 a national standard in terms of all states requiring licensure through CEs. Some don't require any CEs, some require CEs, um, and, and some have their own program. So it's all over the place, which is where NCCM comes in to standardize all of that. We also, as part of our recertification, require safety and ethics, a separate safety and ethics course. 
require CPR as well. This is all very important. This is, again, to let others know that we've met these 60 hours of continuing education coupled with the safety factor. Um, code of ethics, NCSIM code of ethics is something I really want to talk about. Every single person, whether you're a student applying to whether you're uh, a diplomat recertifying, must adhere to the code of ethics on all of the accompanying documents that really outlines um, um, professional conduct. So in terms of how the different states are, the states are doing it differently. Yes. Rather, like, what's, what is some of the reasoning for that and how are you trying to sort of right. round them up and right. make them the standards that we do want everyone right. to be the diplomat, which means that right. obviously they need to maintain it by doing the yes. continuing education. But Correct. some states like D.C., I'm licensed right. in D.C. and yes. Virginia, right. it's two very different states they in terms of the, the, right. the requirements that right. are needed there. So, yes. Well, we are proud of the fact that all every single state has it, has their own unique requirements, and, and this is important. We want them to be independent. We want them to have their different scopes and, and their different um, uh, um, practice, uh, practice um, uh, uh, requirements. However, the common denominator is NCCM, and that's the NCCM exams. Almost all the states require NCCM uh, examinations. There are a few states that are unregulated. There's three that are unregulated right now. And that is a little bit of a um, of a, um, a dangerous situation because you do attract people that are not licensed or anything that can move to that state, or people that are actually disciplined and they're under the radar. Um, so that's the issue. And then there's some states that, like for example, um, um, there's some states that uh, have their own unique requirements in terms of NCSIM exams. Like Maryland, you can graduate from an ACOM accredited school or take the NCSIM exam. So you have that particular nuance in that right. state. So one of the, 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 the important factors of NCCOM is that we do bring the, the, um, the uh, competence in terms of um, uh, entry-level competence to all the states with the, the requirement of the passage of the exams. That's important. We also make sure that when someone is entering into the field that they're free of disciplinary Actions. Absolutely. That's yeah, very, that's very a important. Major concern. Right. And in a state like Virginia, for example, that requires full certification, if someone tries to move from an, a state like New York where they do, do not to Virginia, we will find that out and report that to, to the uh, Board of Medicine um, uh, Acupuncture Advisory, which, which regulates that state. This is where we come in with our code of ethics. And we have a professional ethics and disciplinary committee that oversees that, and that's very important. We're the only national organization that really works with all of the states to ensure compliance. So when you are in a state that does not require full certification, uh, it's hard for us to monitor um, and work with the states uh, um, for people that are not certified versus people that are certified. And given yes. there's a large percentage that are actually requiring right. some level of yes. certification yes. or something that it makes the, yes. uh, the qualified professional yes. and they've reached a certain level of uh, right. like CPR AED, right. the, the safety requirements that are right. needed that the public are concerned about. Right. So you monitor them yes. and then say for example you know, there is disciplinary action that is taking. Yes. The recertification process mm -hmm. that one goes through or the, right. the amount of time can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So anyone who, all of our diplomats, when they recertify, not only do they have to continue the 60 hours of continuing education, and, and I mentioned the safety ethics CPR, but they must report to us that any activity that's happened, whether it's been a criminal conviction, whether they've been you know, sued by you know, a patient, whether there's been a healthcare violation, where let's say they're, they're a chiropractor and they got in trouble, we need to know all that. And we actually look at that um, when they're recertifying. And if there has been an infraction, we will investigate it. 
we're part of the state and then we also exchange information with the state to ensure that compliance. That's very, very important. People forget about that role of NCSM and that goes back to our mission. That's why recertification is important. Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. not, in my interpretation of that, it's not the NCSUM wants to bring down the hammer on everyone. No. It's just monitoring for, yes. obviously, the sake of the, right. the public who are receiving our services. Right. But we as acupuncturists, we go to school knowing yes. that we need to provide that level of service. Right. And if something does happen yes. that may just be, you know, unfortunate, right. then there have to be certain steps that we go right. through that, so that we regain the trust. Right. Absolutely, and we have a very, um, our grounds for professional discipline and, and procedures for professional conduct, which you can find on our website, really explains all of that. We have our policies and procedures for, for individuals that find themselves in that situation. It's, it's, I, I know it's a scary situation, but we actually want you to report that information to us. We work with you. We have a very experienced committee that really evaluates every single case, and we, and we almost always partner with the states on those activities. Yes. And so, if recertification needs to happen because of a disciplinary yes. action, that's one reason. Yes. But say, I mean, life will sometimes get in the way. Yes. You have kids, you're working in your clinic, it's yes. thriving, your yes. family is lovely and everything is yes. working out. But then you realize that, oh my gosh, it's six months past my due date. Right. I, I mean, I, ha I need to recertify, I've missed it. What happens in that situation? This is, we've actually set um, a whole process for, for individuals that find themselves. We understand life happens, emergencies happen. We have, first of all, what's called inactive status. If you find yourself that you're going to be um, in, entering a situation that's going to be difficult, whether it's an illness, emergency, you contact us and we will put you in inactive status for two years. After that two years, then you can come back to lapsed. If you act, forget and you fall into lapse status, um, then you can call us and it involves a a small fee as well as additional CEU uh, PDA points um, uh, for for you to come back. For example, if you lapse first year, you have to pay fi uh, you pay fifty dollars plus fifteen PDA points to come back to active status. Uh, and I just wanted to make a little announcement to you here for sure. the first time, um, as my um, leadership is, is is really evolving with NCCM, is we're really looking at the recertification process to make more improvements and really hear from you about that. And one of that has to do with reinstatement. After the three years of being lapsed, you are what's called terminated, which means you lose your certification. And right now, there's you have to take an examination to come back. But we're really looking at that process to see um, that what our accreditation body, um, NCCM is accredited by NCCA. They're a separate accrediting body that accredits all of our programs, and we must adhere to them. We're working with them to ensure that our reinstatement process is, is, can be more streamlined and better fit to bring diplomates back. This is a very important initiative of, of ours as we look at that. We want you to come back. We want to, look, we want to adhere to our standards, but we want also to work with you to be NCSIM certified again. Yeah, so you're not pushing people out the door and locking it and saying you're not allowed right. back in until you do right. this. It's, right. You're trying to find a way to make it easier for them to get back in. Absolutely. Uh, right. Okay. right. While maintaining maintaining our standards. Right. Of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes of Absolutely. Course. Yes. And now, having a certification, mm -hmm. seeing that it's not going right. to lapse or we're yes. not going to run into any disciplinary mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there. you mentioned earlier about the PDA CEUs. Yes. So you have this platform where yes. people can search for different classes, yes. different learning opportunities, conferences, yes. uh, wherever the uh, units themselves have been actually approved. Yes. 
what if someone eventually reaches a point, myself included, mm -hmm. if I wanted to move forward and say, I want to offer this yes. particular class yes. every or for this Saturday, eight hours of training. What, mm -hmm. like, how can I actually offer CEUs? As Absolutely. Um, we have an excellent um, um, PDA, Professional Development Activity Provider Program, and we welcome providers to apply. We have a whole PDA staff that's ready to go to work with you on applying. We do have some policies and procedures, a handbook that you can download on our website that explains the whole procedures of becoming a provider. Once you have met those criteria and you become a provider, then you submit the courses, and those courses are approved through our PDA department. So we work with you on that. And there's a lot of opportunities there for you because when you become a provider, then you're listed in our directory. We give you a special PDA um, approved um, um, you know, we we're calling a, um, a logo, and we're going to actually be start doing digital badging soon. Or, oh, but we, very nice. Uh, I saw the new one come yes. out a couple of years ago right. I think, with the NTCUF, right. but now there's one for PDA. Right, and Good. that you can use that to showcase your courses and your providership with the NCCUM. So we really do welcome our, um, those who are not NCCM PDA providers to contact us, and our staff will walk them through the process. Yes. Excellent. So we have a lot of different courses that yes. you offer. Uh, we've talked about recertification. We've talked about the licensure aspect. Yes. Uh, why states are different. So there is really a lot that the NCCUM is doing Thank to you. not yes. just offer the yes. test. Yes. That costs a certain amount of money. If yes. Three hundred, but whatever it is. Yes. But you have to pay a fee to go to answer yes. some questions in yes. this really closed environment that's yes. stressful to yes. get to. So. It's not just about that. Once you step through that right. door, mm -hmm. then you offer so many more things, such yeah. as the continuing education. Yes. You offer the ability to start your own uh, professional presence online. Right. Uh, the ability to communicate with the media. Right. And uh, we're not going to touch on this in this interview. We're going to do it in our second one. So sure. that's a key for all the viewers out there. We're going to have interview number two, where we're going to talk about what the NCCUM does for students. Oh. And I'm looking for I'm also going to bring to you some questions sure. that people might actually have, some real right. questions that people want to ask the organization, ask you, because yes. I assume we'll probably get some more from this interview. Yes. Uh, and that will be part two. So, thank Lena, you. I really appreciate you being thank here you so for much, the Justin. first part of our interview. Thank and you. thank you so much for taking the time. Everybody, this is Mina Larson, your new CEO of NCCOAM, and we look forward to the next time that we meet. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by My Mentor Medicine, an organization that is dedicated to helping people improve their lives by learning to empower themselves and take control of their own life. Any form of reproduction or distribution of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Should you have any questions on using this podcast or information that is contained within this podcast, please write to info at mymetromedicine.com.